0: Well, I hope you guys are ready for a good word. How many you know that uh, we have amazing youth pastors and Pastor Bruce and uh, Pastor Brittany, wherever she's at, probably grabbing her baby, but here's here's what I know is um, we have incredible youth pastors, and when I think about Bruce and Brittany, I think of the word willing. Um, you guys are so willing with your life, and I just... I watch you serve Jesus. Um, You're willing to raise incredible kids, and you're willing to follow Jesus as parents, as individuals, and in the way that you follow him in your calling here as a pastor in the local church. And uh, we're just, I feel like we're pretty spoiled, Bruce, uh, to have you guys on the team. And uh, we just appreciate you for that. Um, Brittany, man, she is amazing. She's taken so much weight off of Krista and Clay, and uh, man, when she leads worship and just walk through the halls with her babies, she always has a huge smile on her face, and she's just full of so much joy. And we just we love that about you. And and um, I I told Ellie two nights ago, my daughter, I said, "Hey, uh, Pastor Bruce is going to be preaching this coming weekend," and she's like, "Really." Dad, he's such a good speaker. And so I just want you to know, that's what our kids think about our youth pastor. And so I just want you to download the sermon notes and get your hearts ready for a really good speaker, our youth pastor, Bruce. Let's get ready.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good are you Good. Good. A lot of faces in the room. It is good when both services uh, combined. I was uh, given the privilege of speaking this morning um, and so I'm going to uh, try my best. Um, thank you, Ellie, for that shout-out um, of being a really good communicator. Some days I'm like, yeah, that was good. And other days I'm like, what did I say? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> Hopefully it made sense. Um, <clears throat> but nonetheless, nonetheless, um, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful. Um, not because, you know, tis the season and, and we're just uh, coming off of uh, Thanksgiving uh, weekend. But a uh, lot to be thankful uh, for um, a lot, a lot to be thankful for in my life personally. Um, you know, we we have the go-to's, right? The, the I call them the F's. Uh, fr- uh, family is the first one, right? Family. And you got your friends, right? And you got the food, yeah. which we hopefully we had some some food. Amanda sorry by the mac and cheese. Uh, maybe we can hook you up next year. Britt makes a lot of good good mac and cheese, but then. And then football, right? We're in Texas, and so Dallas Cowboys won, and that was great. The Lions, they kept tradition alive, and they lost, and I loved it. And they were like the second-best record in the league. And honestly, this is probably what the conversation was, literally in the locker room, hey, guys, we're the second-best record in the league, but we got to keep tradition, so we're going to lose today. Um, we're going to keep it close. Seven points, is that good? And, uh, and they did just that. Um, but those are the things that we uh, typically um, are thankful for. Those are the things that we, again, around this season, just shoot right from, from, from our head. But uh, I want to slow down today and just really be thankful for, for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me personally, Jesus saved my life. Um, at five years old, I gave my life to Him, and, and He's put me on this path. Um, I don't know. I'm getting emotional. Come on, I'm already two minutes in. I'm getting emotional. (laughs) But uh, he put me on a path, and I could have went any which way, but he he set me on that path, and I believe the path is ultimately leading to him, and he's the one that's guiding me and and leading me. Um, And I'm not perfect by any means. He is, and I'm so thankful for him and and everything that he did within his. 33 years of, of being on this earth and what he role modeled and and what I can I can I can go to the scripture and look and read this and it's and it's alive and it's and it's sharper than a two-edged sword and it helps shape me and mold me and grow me and so I'm thankful I'm thankful for Jesus and that's what the title of, of my message is today and it's I know it's so profound right but uh, I am thankful for Jesus. And so uh, today we're going to turn to Luke chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, um, turn there, Luke chapter 10. We're going to be um, talking about the, the, this parable, uh, this story that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan. I'm sure all of you are familiar with that. I'm going to just show hands. I'm going to show hands, Pastor I right? So show hands. How many of you have heard this story before? The Good Samaritan, hands everywhere. I'm sure we've all heard this um, to some degree, whether it was, uh, man, yeah, Good Samaritan. You, you hear it referenced a lot, too, um, someone that does good, right? Uh, maybe you lose your wallet at a convenience store, um, and, and you don't realize it till a couple hours later, and you're like, oh, there's no way. You call, and lo and behold, they they have it, and, and you go and you pick it up, and and you say, hey, who, like, how, where did you find it? Oh, someone just dropped it off of the account. They, the Good Samaritan did it. Right, And so we hear this terminology a lot. And, but as you're getting there, as you're getting to Luke 10, I, I, I want to expound more. I feel like there are a lot of spiritual implications within this parable. Like this isn't just a story. And better yet, when Jesus spoke, um, I believe that every word that he spoke, I mean, he, he said what he meant and he meant what he said. Yeah. Yeah, right. And there was no if and and but about it. And there was always intentionality, and there was always purpose behind his words. And so if we look at this parable, um, not just as a story of, of this, this good Samaritan, this, this do-gooder that does a good deed, but if we, if we really come around this scripture and, and dive deeper, I really believe, again, there are a lot of, of spiritual implications uh, to this story. And so if you're, if you're with me, um, if you're not with me, um, it's up on the screen, um, But if you're with me, here we go. Luke 10, Uh, we'll start in verse 25 and kind of give you the context before we actually dive into this story. And I'm reading out of the NASB, the the NASB, the New American Standard. I'm usually an ESV guy. That's what this Bible is, but uh, this translation is growing on me nonetheless. So here we go. Verse 25, and behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit Eternal life. And he said to him, What is written in the in the law? And and how do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he encountered robbers. They stripped him and beat him and and went away, leaving him half dead. And by coincidence, a priest was going down on that road, and, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed on the other side. Verse 33 But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever, you, uh, whatever more you spend when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell to the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed compassion to him, and Jesus said to him, "Go and do the same." and so in this in this little uh, conversation and, and, and story that Jesus tells, you, you see it right here a question was asked, and Jesus answered the question with the question that's Jesus, right? If you read all throughout the scripture, the gospels, even uh, John's gospel it's it's Jesus. He answers a question with a question, and and this lawyer gets it right. But then a second question was asked, as you saw in the in the text. He wants to justify self. I believe at the very uh, core of our being, we always want to to do that at some capacity. It always comes back to self. Yeah. That is the human nature, the proclivity of man, is that it always comes back to self. And so he asks a second question, and, and Jesus, he answers with, with the parable we just read, but then he also, he asks the second question and, of who proved to be the neighbor. And again, I, I believe this story is more than just about doing the right thing. I really do. I really think it is. I believe that Jesus, in this dialogue, in sharing this story, this, this made-up story, because Jesus is the master storyteller, you read all these parables, they are good. They are good, like English literature, right, American literature, all that. It's, it's some good authors, C.S. Lewis, that, but I'm just saying, he is the master storyteller, and the way he communicates, there's so much depth to it. And so Jesus, I believe, reveals Himself while simultaneously revealing to the lawyer who He is not. And so this is this is a story that we really have to just slow down and really appreciate and truly be and be thankful for. And so I'm going to start right off. If you have the notes, um, there's there's four points that I want to uh, tell you why I'm thankful. And the first one is this, I'm thankful for Jesus being sent. Like, I'm thankful that he was sent to this earth. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that he lived a perfect life. Think about it. If he sinned just one, like even like a little tiny, like a half sin, like a tiny little, you know, white lie, we would all end up in eternity, not in heaven. I think you know where we would end up. And everything that he did would have been pointless, meaningless. But I'm thankful, I'm thankful that Jesus was sent. In the story, there were two right away, the, the priest and the Levite. Now, I'm not going to dive in. We don't, we don't have like time to like, dive in. And, but in studying this and, and hearing from uh, commentators, theologians, other pastors and their, their word, their, 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 their messages, and um, they like to dive deep and kind of go, well, the priest represents this, the Levite represents this, and, and think about it, the priest was coming from Jerusalem to Jericho, the blessed city to the cursed city, and they were doing work there, and, and so the priest comes back, and he doesn't want, because he'll have to go back and do all these like, rituals to get clean. So I don't really want to dive into that. Um, I don't think, and, and uh, one of the, uh, the theologians that I'm listening to right now, he even sums it up, it's a made-up story, you don't really need to dive deep, and, and uh, I kind of disagree, because again, Jesus' his words were meaningful, and so, um, but who am I, you know, 33-year-old youth pastor, again, you know, with a the theologian, uh, I'll just say his name, John MacArthur, right? So I'm not going to <laughs> debate that guy. Um but nonetheless, there's a priest and a Levite, and, and I don't think uh, they were there. Uh, you know, it's, the Scripture says there's coincidence. It's coincidence. Other Scriptures say there's chance that they were there. And so there's, there's more to that. Maybe I'm grasping for straws. I, I get that. But, but they came by, by coincidence. And again, I'm not going to dive into things. You, you don't need the details. Um, funny story, true story. Um, when we moved here from Michigan, um, our, our second oldest, Emmeline, you might have seen her. She's sweet and spicy, runs around, redhead, little freckles. Anyways, you'll see her later today. Um, she, for the first couple of months, she uh, was, was talking about this baby 2 Like, baby 2 have you used baby 2 And we, we thought it was like a toy, and we're kind of trying to get the details. And, 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 and come to find out it's, it wasn't a toy, this is like a, like a person. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? This is a new house, new, like what's going on here? What? And my wife and my oldest daughter, Evelyn, they're like asking questions. I'm like, you don't need to know. You don't need to know the details. We don't need to know that she, you know, has long black hair and a white garment and walks on all fours. And I don't need to know that. We don't need to know that. We don't need to know that. You don't need to know the details. Stop. Don't ask. Let's move along. She'll just, will not acknowledge it. And and she won't talk about it, and she doesn't. From time to time, we bring it up because it's kind of funny now. But, but uh, there's there's some things that you just don't need details for. But I will say this: I will say this about the priest and and the Levites. Um, I, I believe they do represent maybe like two things. They represent that uh, people people will fail you, no matter how good they are, noble. They may have these, these fruits of the Spirit, right? Galatians 5 talks about that, and our youth know. What up, youth? Love you. Shout out to, to my youth. Love you guys, and leaders. Youth, and I will say this. Your students are incredible hands, not because I'm you know, the youth pastor, but you have an amazing youth team uh, of, of, of leaders that care and love your students. I was sick this weekend for youth retreat, our district event, and uh, Julia, Michaela, Libby, and Carius, and even Mike drove them to, to youth retreat. While I had the flu, so they're in good hands. But uh, I will say this again about these two characters, Priest and Levite: that people—they represent the kind of fact that people will fail you. People will fail you, in that, and that—and that they also represent keeping of the law and the rules. Which is something that is so hard to do. Even back in this, this, this biblical, in the text, in this era, over 600, you know, that over 600, 613 laws that you would have to keep. And, and so they kind of represent that. But moving forward, the reason why I'm thankful for, for Jesus being sent, because it says this right here. In verse 33, and I like this, 33, I'm 33, so it popped out. I'm like, oh, 33. Jesus was 33 when he left at 33. It's crazy. I don't know. I'm just saying. Verse 33. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him. A Samaritan. And it, but you gotta, you got to check this out. And some of you, you've heard this. I saw the hands shoot up everywhere. Some of you, you already know this, that, that Samaritans and Jews, they just did not like each other. Like... It wasn't, it was, it became like uncivil. Like it wasn't just civil, like, huh, I won't talk to them. You know, I'm not going to text them, email them. No, it was like, it became uncivil and it just was bad. And so Jesus using this character, the Samaritan was just kind of like shock factor. Like, whoa, he just, what? I thought he was going to say like a paramedic or something, you know, like he said it, a Samaritan, what is going on? And he's with the crowd. And so that's, that has to be. You would think what they're, what they're thinking right now. But a Samaritan who was on a journey. And that's the second word. So not only Samaritan, but journey pops out to me. Because I'm like, man, this dude was on a journey. And so in this conversation, as I stated earlier, I believe that he's not only going to answer his question and let him know who his neighbor is, for that was the question that the lawyer asked. But he's going to reveal himself to this lawyer. And he starts out with this, that a Samaritan who was on a journey. Jesus was on a journey. He was sent here. He had a mission. There was nobody else. He was only one. He was the only one that could do it. And he came to do what you might ask. We'll, we'll dive more into that as we go along. But Luke 10, it says this, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that was lost. He came. He was, he was sent. And in John 3:16, we know this, I'm going to read it, but I'm also going to read verse 17, "For God so loved the world, that He gave His one and only son, that whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not only His Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through Him." Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He sent, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he was sent. Point number two, I'm thankful, and I'm thankful for Jesus' servanthood. He served. Like, he was a, a servant. That's what he did. I just gave a shout-out to the, to the youth team because that's what they do. We even have a, we have a huddle. We huddle up. We, we meet and we run through the service flow and, and talk about things. I might rant a little bit and go off a rabbit trail, and, and, but I always get back on. I always do. Always do, I always get back on. And, uh, but before we, we break off and, and prepare, um, we put our hands in the middle and we say, "We serve, we lead. it's what we do. We serve. We lead. Leaders lead. We get that, but leaders also serve." And so I'm thankful for Jesus' servanthood. And typically this is kind of where we get excited. Um, I feel like a lot of churches here in America—not uh, all, but some—and and some that get more attention than others—they um, try and slip in. Uh, Pastor, even Pastor Sean has talked about this before, kind of maybe even the TV evangelist or this like this prosperity gospel and this this name it claim it type and. And, and Jesus will look at what Jesus did, and he healed me, and he, and, he, and, he, and he helped the blind and the sick, and, and he can do that for you. And, and I'm not saying he can't, all right? Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying he can't, but, but sometimes we always slip back to this, this, this self, like the self. Like what can Jesus do for me? Like, I'm thankful for you, but what can you do for me? But Jesus is like, no no, 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 I'm going to reveal myself to you, to this man, because again... It says that he was trying to justify himself. And Jesus says, man, well, I came here. I came here to serve. And, and Matthew 20, verse 28, even says, even the Son of Man came not to, to be served, but what? To serve. And gave his life up for ransom for many. And so, well, how does he say, he doesn't say that. To, well, this is, this is kind of how he communicates it back in Luke 10, verses, we'll look at 33 and 34. But a Samaritan, we already established that, was on a journey, came upon him. And when he saw him, he felt what? He felt compassion. Yeah. He felt compassion. And he came to him, bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and putting him on his own animal, and brought him to an end, and then proceeded to take care of him. Yeah. took care of him. And, and I love this because when you read the, the, the scripture in, in the gospels and, and Jesus his actions and his miracles, you always see that he was moved with compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Like he wasn't moved necessarily with like sympathy. And those are good. Those are good traits to have, to be sympathetic. It wasn't really pity. Yeah. Dare I even say it wasn't even empathy. Yeah. It was compassion. The translation, the Greek for this is uh, spagnesomia, Splagnesomai. The, the, the root is splagnon, which means inward parts. So, so when you are reading the Gospels and you see Jesus and it says, and he was moved with compassion. He saw and he was moved with compassion. He was, he was moved with compassion. This splagnism, this, this inward parts of his body to his core, his human nature, because Jesus was, was not just God. He was also man. And so when he is moved, you always see action, on that. It's not just a noun it's or just this adjective, this descriptive word. It's a verb. It is action. And Jesus, he has compassion and he moves. And he moves. And you see that in the story, not only in his miracles, but in the story that he's telling this lawyer that he just made up. He's telling the man that, that the Samaritan saw had compassion, saw him and proceeded to take care of him and do all of these things. I am thankful for, for Jesus' compassion. I am thankful that I get to have this relationship with him. Where he just doesn't have to. He wants to. Yeah. To help me. Yeah. Um, and he might not. Heal. Here's the deal. He might not heal me. Okay. And so... Um, what what I want to say? I'm kind of going off, off scripture, but or off my notes. But he he doesn't want us to just be happy. Yeah. He wants us to be healthy. Do you, do you see the difference between that? Yeah. Like he doesn't just want us to be to be happy in our emotions. He wants us to be healthy in our spirit. Yeah. All of us, and so if Jesus, I got we, we got into a a, a a bad car accident about four years ago. Life, life changing, life threatening. Actually, I broke my back. But if Jesus never heals my body physically, it's okay because I'm, ha- I'm I'm healthy spiritually. And so we see this in the text. We see this in the story that that Jesus has compassion and. And he serves. He doesn't come to be served. He comes to serve. And he's revealing this in the story of of the Samaritan, of pretty much himself, right? We would all agree that at this point, the Samaritan is actually, hello, it's Jesus. And so if we continue reading, point number three is this. I'm thankful for Jesus's sacrifice. I'm glad he was sent. I'm glad that he served and I'm glad that he sacrificed. Yes. He didn't have to. Do you realize that? Like, do, have you ever taken that, that moment where you're just like, nothing's going on. Like, parents, your kids are maybe asleep. Maybe, maybe not. I don't, they're in their room, right? They're in their room and whatever. And uh, your phones are away. You're not on social media. You're not on Netflix. And you're just kind of like, just by yourself. I don't know. Have you ever, like, thought about this? That he didn't have to do anything. Like, he did not have to step out of eternity and put himself within humanity. Yeah. He did not have to do that. But he did. Why? It was the will of the Father. And the will of the Father wanted to send him. And so I'm thankful. I'm thankful that not only was he sent, not only did he serve, but he, he sacrificed. Yeah. Yeah. He sacrificed. In Luke 10:35, it says this. On the next day, he took out... Two denarii. This is this is the Samaritan, and gave them to the innkeeper and said, "Take care of him. Take care of him. Whatever you spend, when I return, I will repay you." Yeah. So not only did he give, but he said, "In the future, I will repay." Yeah. And this is this is clearly this at this point. This is Jesus. He came. He served, he sacrificed, he gave up his life, Matthew 27, the, the last noise that he makes in verse 50, and Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit, yielded, gave, he sacrificed, he gave up his spirit. Why? Because he knew what would to come for us if he, if he didn't. He knew that we would live this life eternally in despair, eternally just sad, eternally damned, if I can say that. And so in Romans 6, it says this, that he knew that for, for the wages of sin is death. This is the Apostle Paul talking, but the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He gave. He gave. He knew. He knew what the wage was. He knew that we couldn't pay it. This lawyer I love, I don't love, but I, I, I find it kind of funny. You kind of laugh. You ever read in the Bible and you just kind of chuckle and laugh at yourself? Like, you just like, that was funny, you know? I don't know. I do. You're like, no, I never do that. Okay, I don't know. I'm weird. You're not weird. Whatever. Um But I do. I read this scripture, and sometimes there's there's things that stick out. I'm just, I laugh. I'm like, that's funny. That's funny. And uh, you know, Jesus, you're a funny guy. Jesus, you're funny. Because he's revealing to this lawyer, who again is saying, well, you gotta, right? He he takes Deuteronomy six and Leviticus nineteen. He puts them together. He says, well, you gotta love the Lord your God with all your your hearts. Your your soul, your strength, your mind, and and love your neighbor. He answers it perfectly. But Jesus, you can kind of tell. He's like, this is where my mind goes. He's like, really? Okay. And so, it's kind of funny. It's kind of, I don't know. It kind of stands out to me because in reality, in reality, we all need the, the sacrifice of Jesus. We all need it. We're not perfect, right? Some of us might... Maybe you know some people that are kind of like this, this lawyer. But in reality, we all, we, all need, we all need the sacrifice that he, amen. That he made, amen? And so, and so I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he sacrificed. And point number four, I'm also thankful, and this is the last point. I'm going through pretty quick. Oh, my goodness. We're, we're doing a long time. Don't look at the clock, but we're doing a long time. <laughs> point number four, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for his salvation. I'm, I'm thankful for it. I don't think I'll ever not be thankful for it. Like until the day I leave this earth, right, I, I won't ever stop being thankful. I'm thankful for Jesus' salvation. His salvation, check it out, his salvation came through his resurrection. Can we agree with that? If it wasn't for the resurrection, C.S. Lewis even puts it this way, Jesus was either... He's either a liar, a lunatic, or he was, in fact, who he said he was, and he is Lord. And so when you're reading these Gospels, right, these eyewitness accounts, Jesus, he came, he served, he died, and he didn't stay dead, he rose again. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the salvation that comes through the resurrection. And I say for Jesus, I say it's his salvation. Some of you are like, don't you just mean salvation? No, it's his salvation. Do you understand that? Why? Because he is the only one that can give it. Who else can give that? Nobody. And the world will tell you otherwise. The world will have you think this way and that way. And you can do this. And if you do these things, you can. And you can have this if you just... But the only one that can ever give you this thing called eternal life, this salvation, is Jesus Christ. He is the only one. If there was no resurrection, Jesus wouldn't be able to offer anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But I'm thankful that he was resurrected. I'm thankful for this salvation that we have in him. Uh, Matthew 20, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority. Check this out. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to who? To me. Jesus proclaims this. He is um, at this point with the scripture I just read. He's at the point of, of being raised from the dead. The same spirit that dwells within us that, that raised him from the dead, right? And he's with his disciples and, and he makes this proclamation. Heaven, earth, all authority has been given to me. Everything runs through me. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful it does. I'm thankful that it does not run through me. Yeah. I would be a terrible Jesus. Yeah. I would. I would. I'm thankful that, that my wife can go to Jesus. Yeah. Yes, go to me in some things. that We're under covenant of marriage, and, and there's responsibilities that I have a husband, but I am thankful that Brittany gets to go to Jesus yeah. and can go to him, and, and, so and he can come alongside of her and because he can and give her whatever it is that she might need because why because he can he is the only one that can do it the world will offer you many things but the world will fail you time and time again and people in this world will fail you time and time again we see this through, through, through the priest and Levite but it is the Samaritan it is Jesus yeah. the Samaritan and who was hated by the Jews and Jesus who was hated by the Jews right his own people but he came nonetheless. He was sent. He served. He sacrificed and ultimately gave up his life and now is able to give us salvation. I love this. I love this in Ephesians uh, chapter 2. This is 4 through 5. You can bookmark. You don't have to go there. You can write that down if you're taking notes. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love in which he had loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. What? Dead in our trespasses. Think about that. Hold that thought. Dead in our trespasses. Made us alive in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. We hear this all the time. By grace, and it's true, by grace you are saved through faith. And this is not from your own doing. This is a gift from God. Because he's the only one. That can give the gift. And so my takeaway is this, and if we, if we have someone uh, come on up, Pastor Clay maybe, tickle the keys, strum the chords, whatever suits his fancy, but uh, the takeaway is this, this morning if you're taking notes, I'm thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the good news of Jesus. <laughs> there's nothing really else to say if you think about it. Like I'm just I'm think I'm, I'm just in my mind in in this and when I was studying leading up to this I couldn't I, I just always came back I would like pause like you I'm re, I'm reading this and it's just it's 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 flying off the page and there's times where I just have had to pause and just be like, Jesus, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you are God and I am not. I'm thankful that you love me. Jesus, I'm thankful that I have nothing to offer. I literally, absolutely nothing to offer. But it is you that has everything, everything to give. I'm thankful for the gospel. I'm thankful for this story. This story is the gospel. Yes. Now we can we can debate and have conversation, but think of I'm gonna do a little recap, shall we? This man is going from again Jerusalem to Jericho. He gets beaten, a Samaritan, hated by the man. Well hit the, the Jews, right? He's a representation of the Jewish people, hated by by the Jewish people, and he comes and he and he sees he's moved with compassion. He, he's down this road. He's on a journey. And he sees this man. And I love this part. He gets off of his animal. Now it's debated. Was he on the animal? Was he not on the animal? Well, if he has an animal, why wouldn't you write? If you have a car, was walking with the car? Was, no, he was, he, was, he was on the animal. You know what I mean? And But the cool thing, he gets down. Like if you read this, he, he switches positions. So like he's up high and he comes down and he grabs the man that was beaten and heals them picks him up puts him on the donkey switches places that's what Jesus did, uh, does this. Is what he did he switched places with us everything that we deserved he took on, he bore not only that he leads them to this inn and and pays his debt because it says that in the scripture that not only does he pay it, but he'll continue to pay it. Continue. Why? Because we will continue to sin. We'll continue to fall short. Romans 3 tells us that, that we all fall short of the glory of God. No one is perfect. No one is righteous. We will continue in And so this morning, I I just want to ask a couple questions as, as I'm closing, because there's a couple questions asked in this in this parable. So I'm going to ask a couple questions this morning. First one is this: How? Um, excuse me. First one is this: Do you need to put Jesus as the Lord of your life? Now these two questions questions are going to sound similar. This question is for those of us in here, maybe. And hopefully you have a relationship with Jesus. But I ask you, is he Lord of your life? Do you put him first? In every area, that's what Lord means. In every area, we like to compartmentalize things in our lives. And he needs to be Lord over every part. So is he? Good indicator of that is, well, just ask yourself. Or if anybody were to ask you, whether you knew him or not, what are you thankful for? Is the first thing that you're thankful for, is it, I'm thankful for Jesus? Because that's a great indicator. Wouldn't you think? Family, friends, those are great answers, they are. But is Jesus, is, is he the one that you're first you're thankful for? First thing that comes to your mind. Second question is this, do you want the salvation that only Jesus can offer? And so for some of us in here and for some of us even online, maybe you don't have a relationship with him. Today, that can change. It can change. You don't have to be. What I love about this scripture is also, it says, Jesus says, the man was half dead. Half dead. He doesn't say he was buried alive. He said he was half dead. Why? Because we are not just flesh. We are spirit. And so if, some of us are in this room, we don't have a relationship with God, that means, yes, we're alive in the flesh, but, excuse me, maybe we're not alive in the spirit and we're half dead. And so those are the two questions this this morning. So if we could do this, could we close our eyes and bow our heads? If you're in this room and and, and you have a relationship, you've, you've had a relationship with him for years, but things get maybe in the way, different seasons of life, the busyness, the craziness. But this morning you want to put him first. Reprioritize and make him the Lord of your life. No one's looking around. Eyes are closed, heads are bowed. If that's you on the count of three I just want you to slip up your hand and you can put it right back down. One two three. Yes, yes, hands everywhere. Yes, yes, thank you, Lord, yes. Second question, maybe you do not have a relationship with Jesus, but all of that can change today. All of that can change this morning. So if you want this thing called salvation, this free gift, you can't earn it, you do not deserve it, but Jesus gives it freely. Why? Because he is the only one who can. If that's you in this place, again, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, on the count of three, I just want you to lift up your hand. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Let's continue to have our heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for that first group and then I'm gonna ask us to all pray together for the second, so let's do that. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this story that not only answers the question of who is my neighbor, it actually answers the question of how to be a neighbor. And not only that, I'm thankful that this story, you reveal yourself to us, you reveal the gospel, the good news. Lord God, I'm thankful for that. Lord, those that have a relationship with you, have, have been walking with you maybe for months, maybe for years, Lord God, but they're saying today they, they need to put you first, Lord God. Thank you that they raised their hand. I, th- I thank you that they had that, re- that revelation, Lord God, to, to put you first and foremost, Lord Jesus. Would you continue to, to be on the forefront of their minds and their hearts, Lord God? Would they continue to love you, Lord God, with all of your heart, with all of their soul, their spirit, their mind, Lord God, and, and put you first and foremost, Lord? We thank you, Lord Jesus. For the second group, again, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you close? Would you repeat after me? And and this isn't a, 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 like a special prayer, like a, um, an equation that uh, that gets you the answer that you that you need. It, it's more of a verbal outward expression of what's happening internally inside. And so, can we do this th- this morning? Can we all pray together? Would you repeat after me, dear Lord? I come to you today knowing that I'm a sinner in need of saving and I believe that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die for my sins and to save me from the punishment that I deserve forgive me Lord help me know you more to love you more and to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, can we give a round of applause for those that raised their hand, made that decision? And I will say this, I'm not going to look at you because then I'd be calling you out and be weird and awkward. It's like, dude, we bowed our head and closed our eyes for a reason. Um, but I just want to say this, come, come talk with me or one of our pastors on staff. We want to continue to walk with you and partner with you. We don't want you to just say a one time prayer, you know, raise and say one time. We want to do life with you, answer any questions that you might have about this, this, this man, fully man, fully God, who is Jesus. And so with that, Pastor Amanda is going to come and close us, close us out.